Um, did you know that these headphones have like a left and a right? Uh huh. Oh, I didn't know. That. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it was today years old when I. <laughs> well, and then Aaron was today years old when he <clears throat> found out that Adam Levine and Avril Levine are siblings. Wait, what? Oh, so are you also today years old? Are they? Are Am they I wrong? Real? Am I wrong? Now I'm now I'm because Avril my... Levine is Canadian. Is Adam Levine Canadian? Avril Levigne and Adam. Le... Oh no! <gasps> They're spelled completely differently. Oh, I was like, oh, what I'm gonna the have to fuck? apologize. <laughs> I, like, I thought for sure they were siblings. Okay, it's <laughs> like you just for a second you like truly blew everything I knew about. The oh world out of the no! Like, what the fuck? This is hilarious. Where did I hear this? I find it hilarious that your brain was like, if they have the same last name, they're totally related. No, I thought I like. Oh, you'd heard you'd I heard, heard it this someone? like years ago, like when I was like oh, in high school. Oh, oh, okay. Um, but okay, so there's this article I just pulled up. Decades after their rises to fame, Avril Levine and Adam Levine still get mistaken for siblings, but I guess they're not. Oh, okay. It's, and they're spelled completely differently. Okay, okay. So yeah, it sounds like you had heard it somewhere, and that someone was like, "Well, now I'm sad." <laughs> it was like one of those things where I'm like, ha ha ha, I knew this before you. <laughs> nope. No. Don't ever trust me with famous people. I don't know anything about famous people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about... Uh, oh, oh, oh. Before we go and before I forget, let me take a picture of us so that we can post it on the, the Instagrams. On, oh, no. Oh. That's a horrible photo <laughs> of me. <laughs> you gotta make it look good. I was like, I... Your face is not even in it. That's okay. The half oh my, of my face. Is oh like, my god. What, whatever you want. Whatever you want. It's so, a hard angle to like get to look good to turn around. Like, we'll just have to have Aaron come in here at some point and do yeah, it. Yeah, or us. I can, or we can set it up on like maybe up on Oops. the oh and the do thing a timer. and do a timer. Yeah, I'm sure we have like a what do you call those? A tripod too. Oh, I have one of those too. I should bring that in. That would be fantastic. Because we could even do like a recording of us like and post. So they could see visually us cool. recording on Instagram. Yeah. do that. Because I have like a whole... Because when I thought I was going to do TikTok, book talk stuff, I bought a whole like... Oh my gosh, were you? <laughs> yeah, I thought for a while that I was going to do it. And then I was oh. too scared. <laughs> oh, got, you should do it. I got too scared. And then you were like, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, that's so much more my speed. <laughs> I, I feel like a podcast works for me because I, I'm too self-conscious about the way I look at my face. And I just don't want to have that, to... That's exactly what it was. Yeah. It was like... It gives me too much anxiety. Yeah. And I was like looking at my face and I was like, why do I make so many weird facial expressions? And I was like, why are my hands like, you know, in a anchorman where he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yep. And they're like, put them down. And he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. That would be you, but with your face. Yeah. Well, and everything. And my hands. Yeah. Everything this, would just be like. That's like when you get your photographs taken anywhere. Yeah. And the person, the photographer is like trying to be really nice and pose this way. And I still am just like. <laughs> Yeah. Look like a chicken or something. And they're like, smile normal. And you're like, I am smiling normal. And they're like, you look like you're possessed. Please stop. And you're like, I don't know how to smile. Yep. yep. When I was a kid, my mom literally told me that when I would smile with my teeth, mm -hmm. like I would, like I looked like, she wasn't trying to be mean, but yeah. she was like, you look kind of, like, manic. Oh. And so, for, like, years, I stopped smiling with my teeth because oh. I was like, oh, no, I look weird when I smile. And she was just trying to say, like, don't do this. Yeah, like, tone it down just a little bit. Yeah, like, just, like, a smile. <laughs> yeah, and then Not you're, like, and you're like, I'm just going to shut my mouth. 
on the same tone as that i was my it's part of my fuck yeah but my sister and i are doing this thing together and i was taking a photo for it Uh and i had just come home from a four mile run in the pouring rain and Mm. i was like sweating and my makeup was running down my face Mm -hmm. and i had like makeup on my shirt because i had been like wiping it off while i was running and so i took a picture and i was doing like a smile like that your manica smile and robert said something um Oh, he's like watching someone take a selfie is like weird as fuck. Cause he was sitting on the couch watching me uh-huh. do a selfie. He's like, it's so weird. And he goes, not that you looked bad in that photo. You looked really good. Like your smile was nice. And I was like, I was literally just doing like this. I was like, <laughs> he's right though. I feel so weird watching people take selfies. It's, I think it's because you and I and like most people didn't grow up with cell phones being a normal thing. And uh-huh. like we grew up with the front facing or whatever like just like a regular camera and not Uh a camera that's like do you know what i'm saying i can't you know like it's looking back at you from the phone and so you'd either have to like turn your camera around or set it up or someone take a picture for you like you it was selfies weren't a thing yeah they weren't or it was always the mirror yeah the dirty mirror oh my god the facebook or myspace mirror pictures Uh yeah everywhere yeah and like i think watching someone like being on the outside watching someone take a selfie it's like truly being able to see like a microcosm Mm -hmm. like you were in no way involved with that person they're completely separate from you in that moment yeah and it's like really weird to like watch it happen it happen yeah in front so he was like that is the weirdest thing and then he was like but you looked fine in that photo i was like thank you for loving me but like i did not look i was like i feel like we're all we're our own worst critics though oh absolutely so you probably look better than you think you did Probably just Maybe. slightly better. I did look vaguely like a little swamp monster because I was like soaking wet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I had like oh, oh. black mascara okay, on okay. my shirt. Okay. Well, you put it in that context, you probably. It, yeah, I looked ridiculous. Yeah. And that was, I was, I thought it was hilarious, but he was like, no, you look really good. Oh, like, he's just sweet. I was like, you're adorable, but I, I did not. Not my best. Not my best work. <laughs> not, my, not peak me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a B minus. <laughs> that's even that's generous i think maybe like a solid c all right like c's get degrees exactly you passed the test no worries move on tomorrow will be an a plus day uh anyway uh welcome to back welcome back to tiny shed book club uh where we host a book club for people who don't want to go to a book club um i'm tia and never trust a spooky mist Oh, never trust the spooky mist. Never, never. And I'm Chandler, and I would like to know how Mr. Cantero has not been sued by the Scooby Doo franchise. <laughs> for, for real, <laughs> it's literally like copy paste, change some names, yeah. change some themes, and we've got a whole brand new Scooby Doo. Yeah, like with the, Tim. With Tim. Aww, yeah, Tim. I like Team. Tim. You and like, I. there's like the Zoinks River. The Zoinks River? Yeah. Is that the what book? it's called? Yeah, there's a river oh. that they keep referring oh, to. And it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, the Zoinks River. And I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah. That's a little heavy-handed. <laughs> yeah, or the, I think a few times at the beginning of the book, they kept saying, you meddling kids. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. It feels so pandery. <laughs> it, it is definitely, I think, um, Edgar Cantero's love letter to 1970s, 80s like early 90s horror cartoons like that's a good way to look at it i think it's definitely his like big homage to like a lot of those things because you can really tell how much he like like loves scooby-doo and i think he's got a lot of stephen king Mm. influence in it so i 
I think it's his like way of being like, this is what shaped me as a man. <laughs> uh, so we did pages one through 122. Uh-huh. So about the first third of the book. For Meddling Kids by Edgar Cantero. All right. How would you like to start? This book was, <laughs> I don't want to say all, it wasn't all over the place, but there's some, there's some jumping around we did. Yeah, it's, um, I would not say the most linear mm-hmm. book, um, but I guess you want to just kind of run down the, the plot sure. as we've got it. So, mm-hmm. um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Oh my gosh. Kumi has like bitten through my Where? book. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he did. Akuma. Um, so we open up on, okay, so the first like initial bit is like a really spooky bit about being stuck in some sort of dark room with a monster close. Mm-hmm. But we open up on, um, I'm pretty sure with Andy. I thought it was Carrie. Is it with Carrie? Are you talking about the prologue or after the prologue? Because the prologue starts with Carrie and she's like having some nightmare and it's like spooky and like Tim the dog is there. Cool. Uh, And go. (laughs) I got you. I got you, girl. Uh, It's like a brief preview into the three main characters. So like Carrie's having nightmares. We know something is going Mm on. Uh, And then we kind of skip... And by the way, I'm going to just kind of skim over things. So if you want to like stop and like go deeper into something, just we can do that. Yeah. Uh, and then we skip over to Nate, who is in therapy with his, he calls him a shrink, Dr. Willett. And we learn that Carrie is his cousin. Um, Andy is, the, <laughs> bless you. Are you allergic to this book? Apparently. I was like, oh God, it's coming. Oh God, it's coming. Oh God. <laughs> No worries. All good. Um, Andy is the is Carrie's friend. And then Peter. And he's kind of like regaling how he knows them and what they did post solving mysteries. So Andy left and did whatever she did. Peter did movies and mm-hmm. then OD'd on pills. Yeah. Um, in his hotel room in LA and Nate's like telling his therapist that the last 13 years have been kind of like crappy, I guess. Yeah. And then we skip over to Andy. Okay. I totally forgot about the prologue. It's, it's not like it just, it was really short. Yeah. It did not sink in. It wasn't, it wasn't that important. Honestly, we probably could have skipped it, (laughs) but, um, then we get to Andy and she's confronting thomas wickley who was the person arrested for that not the murder sorry the um the mystery at sleepy lake or whatever it was um Mm -hmm. and like his arrest was for fraud attempted burglary kidnapping child endangerment he is released and he's like at a bar or something having a beer and andy runs into him very mm-hmm. purposefully and she's like interrogating him about why Wickley took the fall for for that crime and she's asking yeah. him like why would you go through the trouble to like do all these things and have all these mystic symbols and all the like mutilated dead animals and hanged corpses like it just doesn't make sense why he would have yeah. done all that so that's that's kind of where I feel like the main 
plot is started. Yeah, that's it. That's because since I just totally erased the prologue, that's where I remember is that Andy is in the bar with him and she's like you said, like, why did you take the fall? And then he ends up at the end of that bit being like, because I don't ever want to go back there. Right. He's like, I don't ever want to set foot. So if I like took the fall for this then he wouldn't have to go then back. I, I get taken away and i don't have to go back and that's at the debone mansion is that how we pronounce that i think so that's okay. how i was saying it in my head so okay. debone mansion um in the sleepy lake in oregon mm-hmm. um and from what i'm gathering in the way that it's described is that it's in the cascades so it's like west of the cascades right so kind of where we are yeah. <clears throat> in oregon um and then so we mostly are following Andy in the beginning um, as she interrogates the guy who took the fall for the crime. And then um, she ends up going to another bar where Carrie is working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote down like multiple times, like the writing in this book is super interesting. It's like a mix between like um, narrative and screenplay and, um, and it feels very much like you're reading how you would watch a cartoon, if that makes any sense. Oh. Like how a cartoon plays at you yeah. is how the writing in this book feels. Um, and so Andy is at the bar um, that Carrie works at. And Andy is obviously like super attracted to Carrie. Oh, right off the bat. Like girls got a big crush. Big crush. Head over heels for Carrie. Um, And she's constantly describing, like, Carrie's hair, which is red, Mm -hmm. um, as, like, an anthropomorphic, like, character. Like, there's Carrie, and then there's Carrie's hair. hair Yeah. Is, is, like, its own character. Yeah. And I can't figure out what the point of that is yet, if it's just Andy's, like, fascination with Mm Carrie's looks, or if, like, Carrie's hair is going to come into play later, later yeah. and have a bigger role to play. Um, so Andy is, um, and you kind of get the vibe that Andy is kind of like getting the band back together. Mm-hmm. So she's going to get Carrie at this bar and there's this like um, douchebag who's just like saying pretty like disgusting misogynistic crap to Carrie. And Andy basically tells him to, cut it the fuck out or she's going to crush his nuts yeah um and the guy's like no you're not and then she, they, there is a great description of her getting in a bar fight and fucking destroying this man's nuts yep yep and i was uh <laughs> made a couple notes around this scene um about how excited you were probably going to be about more testicles showing up in a book. I was like, how? How? The, 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 the first two books we pick just like have, like, why do we need to have so much talk about testicles? I don't know, but we do. Yeah. And even before that, I was laughing because, so Andy's at this bar, kind of low-key, not stalking Carrie, but she's like trying to be low profile about it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she's like watching all this happen, how these like men are ogling at Carrie and just being complete assholes to her. And Orca's, it, it gave me, it, it gave me the uh, same vibe as a scene in their last book with Orca and she's like sitting in, <laughs> yes, in the bar like with a hood up, like 
nobody pay attention to me with those with those secret hood those hoods yeah yeah so anyways two throwbacks from our from our other book made me made me giggle it is it, it is super great i really loved that that i was like it definitely gave orca vibes and then it was like testicles again yeah like jesus i thought we i thought we left shadow of the gods behind us <laughs> we had moved on um so andy destroys this guy's nuts mm-hmm. um and then she you know she, you know her and carrie meet up they like talk and um andy is like extremely upset that carrie is not like an active biologist yeah like she is andy is devastated that carrie is not working as a biologist yeah um and so again she's like describing like kind of how nate was in the prologue that like haven't you like it's weird that like you know, it's been 13 years and none of us are like doing what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Like it's, we're all haunted by this event. Like we need to go back. Like, you know, that that wasn't how, like what was actually happening. We need to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote down, I was like, this is like so similar to it. Like they oh. defeated something as kids mm-hmm. and then there's a time pass. Yeah. And then they all realize like as adults, they have to go back because it's not over. And the only difference is like in it, everyone was like super successful because they were like, that's like part of the magic of the it was like giving them all this success, but their lives were kind of hollow. Mm-hmm. But like these guys, like they have no success right? and their lives are hollow. They're just like super traumatized. Yeah, super traumatized. And so Andy's like, yo, we have to go back. And Carrie's like, freaking why? <laughs> freaking why, dude? Freaking why, dude? And Andy's like, come on. Come on, you you know. Yeah. Like, you know. You, like, you're not over this. You know that that wasn't actually solved. You're supposed to be a biologist. Yeah. You're right. working at a bar. Yeah. It's very clear that Carrie's supposed to be, like, the Velma of oh, the group. Like, yes. she's, like, the big brains. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, And then, so... Andy kind of gets, like, Carrie on board. Carrie's like, okay, I, I, like, guess that we can go back. And then, stop me if I'm wrong, but we jump to Nate, who mm-hmm. is in an insane asylum. Yes. Yes. Um, And I love all the characters in this insane asylum. Oh, yeah. they. I would honestly just love a book about, like, these characters. These characters. Yeah. Because they are so funny. And they're, like, watching a television show and, like, one of them is talking about how, like, he totally knows that actress. And, like, oh, yeah, he's done all this stuff. And then he's, like, you're total, like, you're a liar and all this stuff. But I wrote down it was funny because, like, there's one guy that was, like, a schizophrenic hermaphrodite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, me too, said the schizophrenic hermaphrodite. <laughs> I was, like, that is the wildest description of a human I've ever heard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. But we kind of, like, pop into um, this insane asylum with Nate, and um, we're kind of seeing that, like, Nate doesn't really seem like he sort of belongs there, but he Mm -hmm. does feel comfortable there. Like, Yeah, and he, I don't know when we learn this, but he self-admitted himself mm -hmm. there, so it's not like he's there by anyone's choice but his own. Yeah, yeah. and so, yeah, so he self-admitted. And then from my notes, we bounce back yes. to Andy and Carrie. And again, we've got lots of anthropomorphic hair descriptions <laughs> of Carrie's hair. Um, and it's them going back to, like, Carrie's, like, really shithole 
apartment. And they see Tim, who is like the grandson of Sean. Oh my god. The dog. So I have this I have this <laughs> written down verbatim from the book. Go ahead. Tim the dog, son of Roger, son of George, and grandson of Sean. I'm like, wait, why do we need this lineage? But sure. And why do all the dogs have like really basic dude names? Yeah. Like super Chad white guy names. Yeah, but like Chad for like older people you know like yeah. boomer chad mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> boomer chads yes exactly <laughs> um so she's at this apartment and um it's very clear that like you know carrie is not living her best life she's low-key a bit of an alcoholic yeah because when they were going to when she and Andy were going to bars and catching up, like there were many mentions of like Carrie having a beer, having another beer and go to the other bar and have another beer. And they get to her apartment and she makes herself a drink. So she's definitely Mm -hmm. got a drinking problem. Yeah. And um, yeah, like not drinking problem, not living her best life. And they kind of end up going to sleep. And it's clear that like Carrie is really scared about going back. Like she's very uncomfortable with the idea, um, but they go to bed. And what I th- think is really interesting is that I really like how and like it's Andy's attraction to her is written because it's very sweet and like it actually shows that like she like really loves this person. Yeah, that it's very sweet and like innocent and lovely. But then when they go to bed, there's like this kind of weird description of like her having her hand on Carrie and it starts to feel very like, oh, you haven't gotten permission to do this or like consent. And it starts to feel weird. And you notice that when those moments happen, Mm -hmm. the like monster creepiness is coming in. Mm -hmm. So like the monster is like making this really innocent moment creepy and gross right and And those end up being nightmares right yeah yeah okay so they both so they have this like andy has this nightmare of like or like carrie has this nightmare of like she's touching care andy's touching carrie and Mm -hmm. it's like she's like oh kind of feels nice i like it and then it turns into like morphs into this like horror like basically creepy like her hands get cold or something it starts being yeah real spooky like start yeah like kind of you know like molests her in a way not like Mm -hmm. fully but and it's like she's like it's cold and it's like sucking the like the feeling out of me and this no longer feels good and i'm scared yeah um and then she kind of like wakes up um but we get that a lot throughout these first chapters is that like they will go to bed Mm -hmm. and it's usually that like carrie and andy are next to each other um and that they're like oh i enjoy the feeling of this other person being there like sort of starting to explore and then it like morphs into this much more like creepy unlikable yeah sort of thing yeah which i i enjoy how he's using that mechanism to Mm -hmm. show Mm -hmm. horror that like there's and a, it, it a definitely, fine line. Yeah, and it plays out very cinematic because mm-hmm. I can just like imagine that happening when you're watching like a movie or a show where they're having this like kind of intimate scene mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it starts turning real dark. Yeah. And then you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, and you get creeped out. You're like, yeah. wait a minute, I, I didn't think that this is how this was going to go. Yeah. And yeah, it's... Those are well done, those scenes. They're very well done. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, this book is super cinematic. Like, I can super see this as, like, a movie. Mm -hmm. And the way he writes it, it just does it so well. Yeah. 
I agree. Um, so after we, so we leave Carrie's shithole apartment and we cut back to Nate. Am I right? Yeah. So basically, cool. <laughs> uh, Ca- Carrie wakes up from that nightmare and she's like crying. And I think at that point, she kind of decides, okay, we, we do need to do this thing that Andy you're talking about. We do mm-hmm. need to go back. Um, and so, yeah, cut back to Nate. And there's, like, a weird old man in the, like, a sane asylum. Yeah, I think he's – what is it? I wrote it down as a name. Now I can't find it, but I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, he, and the, there – Oh, he, Old he, Acker? Yeah, Old Acker. Yeah. And there's a perfect description that his raspy voice entangled in the threads of his white beard, <laughs> which, ugh, love that. Yeah. That description is fantastic. But, yeah, we cut to – Nate talking to this like weird random old guy who like somehow knows about Sleepy Lake and like how creepy it is. Everybody knows about Sleepy Lake in this goddamn book. Everybody. Yeah. It's just well known. Like, yep. Um, so we okay, and now this is good. I'm gonna go on a big old rant on this. But he's talking about how um he's talking about Sleepy Lake and he's like, you know, like the Walla Wallas call it like, you know the Indian tribe and like talking about like, it's a bad place, like demons and stuff. Mm -hmm. And here's where my rant begins Mm. for the love of fucking God. If you were going to set this book West of the Cascades, just Google a tribe that lives Google a tribe that is in the area. The Walla Wallas are a plateau tribe, part of the confederated uh, (laughs) tribe of the Umatilla. It made me so mad. I was like, don't just pick a name that you think sounds cool. Right. And then throw them in an area that they were not there. If we're going to be based in Oregon, which is a real place, and the Cascades, which are a real place, let's actually pick some historically correct Yeah. And tribes tribes that lived there. And if you're going to do this whole, like, Native American, like, underlying of your horror, Mm -hmm. which already is problematic. Right. You better choose, like, just literally just Google it. Yeah. What is a tribe that would be near? And it seems like this is kind of near, like, you know, Oregon City-ish type place. Mm -hmm. Just Google it. Yeah. It made me so mad. I was like, the Walla Wallas are way far away in northeastern oregon you make a good point i didn't even really think about it that much oh it pissed me off yeah it definitely (laughs) felt weird when i was like oh we're gonna like do weird mysterious like blame it on the indians Mm -hmm. the native americans which i think he calls indians yeah um in here as well and i was like okay i'm just gonna glaze on over that yeah i immediately like noted i was like um nope we're gonna stop right here i was like wrong Wrong tribe. Yeah. Wrong location. Yeah. <laughs> like, just because it's like easily, it easily found information. And mm-hmm. he just looked up and it feel, felt like to me, he just looked up an Oregon tribe. And, and didn't then, even. Yeah. And didn't even look at where they were right. or, you know. And it's also just makes me mad because like these, like these tribes are still around. Right. It's not like they're long gone. Yeah. Like there are Walla Walla people and you just yeah. like randomly being like, Oh, the wall, wall, like they're like, you just totally erased my people and right. like where we, like, the, we're place based, like people who are very connected to our environment, and you move like just randomly decide to like fucking For your throw book. us, yeah. yeah, and then like throw us under the bus, like m- make this like uh, crime that happened 
be based in our culture. Yeah, use weird. us as like, and horror does this a lot. They like use Native American yeah. as like an underpinning mm-hmm. of like, well, the Native people said that it was spooky or like in the Native, like they wouldn't mm-hmm. like, Stephen King does it all the fucking time. Like he did it in It, he did it in Pet Cemetery. Like it's just, it's insulting because <laughs> yeah. it is hinting at the, like, the reason why if you're going to do that with Native people is because white people came in and, like, destroyed it and right. made it, like, a horrible place. Or, like, disregarded burial grounds of people that are, like, this is our cemetery that we've been using since time immemorial. And you're just going to come in and do whatever the fuck you want with it. Mm-hmm. And white people use it as an underpinning. Be like, look, the Native people, like, they're so spiritual and oogie boogie. And oh, it's insulting. God. It's problematic, yeah. <laughs> It's gross. Yeah. So that was my big rant. And there's a couple things in here that like he, you can tell he likes anthropology, mm-hmm. but he doesn't like, he, he likes it in a way that he's like, hee hee, anthropology. <laughs> That's not an actual thing that people do. And it's become very like, it just got a little frustrating it, for me. <laughs> no, no. You make really good points. Yeah. I think that's important that we point that out. So, um, so yeah. So he talks to the, um, the stupid old guy. <laughs> um, and, you know, they're talking about, um, you know, the the lake and how it's, you know, in all this mythology, it's spooky and everybody knows how spooky it is. Um, and then uh, the old guy taught anthropology, I think. Oh, there's really? a description where he's like, "Oh, I taught anthropology oh. at like, oh, you're right, some sort of university." And I was like, "Oh," <laughs> I like laughed. I was like, "You're like, of course you did, yeah." <laughs> you clearly like <laughs> racist sort of dude taught anthropology. Aww. Like, of course, of course. <laughs> um, and then uh, from my notes, we so we talk about how spooky it is we've got the horrible native american underpinning um and then we cut back to um andy and carrie who are deciding that they need to go get nate Mm -hmm. from the insane asylum yep and (laughs) just as a quick note tim the dog yeah is goose he is <laughs> goose. Goose is my dog. For those of you who are well, one of my dogs, <laughs> I was every time I read him and yeah. the way that Tim talks, like when mm-hmm. he like narrates Tim's thoughts, I'm yeah. like, it's fucking goose. It is goose. It's just goose. It's boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've got um, Andy and Carrie are going to go get Nate from the insane asylum. Um, so they show up at the insane asylum as like visitors to go like talk to Nate. Um, right. And yes. they're basically telling him like, yo, dude, we got to go back. And he's like, he like agrees on the spot. He's like, yeah, he's like, I've been waiting for this moment. It was kind of like a, what? Like, uh, okay. Yeah. Nate's like, whatever we're, I'm in. Yeah. And I think it's here that we really see that Peter is like haunting. Mm hmm. Nate. Yep. So Peter, remember, is the guy who overdosed. Um, he was the leader of their group when they were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and he became an actor and he overdosed and he died. Um, but now he's like kind of this like spirit sort of thing that just kind of like hangs around Nate and mm-hmm. only Nate can see him. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the reason why Nate um put himself into he yeah he interprets them as hallucinations yeah mm-hmm. so and i think it's unclear as to 
Which it is. Yeah. Is I, he haunted or are they hallucinations? Or... Um, so they're there and they're like, okay, we got to go. And Nate's like, dope. I'm in all in. And then they're like, we're going to bust you out of here. And then they just refer to it like the werewolf, the werewolf trap, the werewolf trap. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) This, this whole scene makes me so mad. Um, (laughs) really? I, well, maybe it's not, it's not, it's when they, yeah, when they break him out uh, and we can, we can talk about that. Um, I love that. I love that you don't like oh, it. Oh, I'm so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So they, they actually try like Nate's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go. And so they actually try walking out of the asylum. Oh yeah, that's right. And <laughs> the guards are like, no, where are you going? And they're like, well, can't he just leave? And they're like, no, he has to be like approved by a doctor to leave, mm-hmm. and he's not. So then that's when they have to like hatch this plan. Um, <laughs> anyways, so so Nate is gets help from the other patients to help him with like putting on a straight jacket uh-huh. and like tying him to this chair. Like this is the plan that they have. Um, and then old Acker is also in this scene, and Nate's telling him that he has seen the symbol that he drew because at one point earlier on Acker had like drawn some symbol mm. and Nate saying I saw it in a book inside of the Debone mansion on Sleepy Sleepy Lake. Uh-huh. Um so we're getting some like weird tied in vibes like how does old Acker know this symbol? Yeah. And old Acker was like talking about this book called the Necroma ne- Oh god, what was it called? The Necromicon? Ne- the ne- Necronomicon. The Necronomicon? Necronomicon. Yeah, that one. Okay. <laughs> Just felt like Nemo trying to say, uh, my nemony. And then my nemony. All right, kid, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there's this weird book that we'll come back to later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Acker is like, alluding to how dangerous the book is for someone who knows what they're doing, but let alone, uh, well, and even more so for people who don't know how to use this book. And so mm-hmm. we're like, okay, this is going to come back later, oh. this weird, like, spooky book. Spooky. Yeah, so the patients are, like, tying him down, and we get this, like, squeaky penguin toy come flying into the room, like, through a window or something, and mm-hmm. it's the toy that Andy had been playing with with Tim the dog. Uh-huh. And so Nate puts it between his legs and starts squeaking the squeaky toy, and here comes Tim the dog because he wants a squeaky toy. And he just comes in with a hook and a rope in his mouth. Yeah. Like, I just can't with that. Because earlier in the book, at some point, Carrie was, like, calling to Tim for something. And he was, like, totally ignoring her. Like, I'm like, this dog doesn't even have any recall at all. <laughs> and yet he can carry in a hook and a rope to... A person and drop it and like do this whole job. I'm like, that is so BS. I love that you picked up on that. So mad. You so would pick up on that because I didn't even notice that, like, yeah, Tim has zero recall. And they've mentioned multiple times how Tim has no recall and and how he doesn't listen. He just doesn't listen, which is like fine. Like, dogs don't listen, but like, how are you going to have a character in your book, a dog who's not going (laughs) to listen at all and then all of a sudden can perform this, like, really an intricate task like i just was so mad (laughs) so for background information um chandler has a lot of experience like training 
dogs and like getting them to like recall and you know basically obedience training yes obedience i was like i cannot think of the word maybe i can just use a bunch of words to describe the one (laughs) word that i can't remember yeah Um, obedience training so she's very good at it and her dogs are like the most well-behaved pups on the planet and i just this is so fitting that you noticed this especially in a dog character because like i was tearing out my hair and like i mean i'm not like (laughs) judging about anyone's dog and like if your dog's like misbehave that's that's totally fine like i just kind of expected that would be the you know the thing that happened throughout this book that he was just gonna be a mischievous dog and that's Uh totally fine but i'm like you cannot have a dog (laughs) who doesn't listen and is super mischievous just just be a part of this like really intense plan where he's gonna like listen to you and know exactly what to do and bring this rope Uh and hook and i'm like oh just drive me (laughs) um i love it i love it okay i'll get off my my pedestal now um (laughs) so one of the other patients hooks nate uh with that hook that tim brought and tim gets the squeaky toy i guess Mm -hmm. uh nate like yells out the word werewolf which is i guess their signal for i'm ready to go yeah and proceeds to get dragged out of the asylum Mm -hmm. on a chair with a rope that's attached to the chair which is the other side is attached to carrie's car Uh so she's just like dragging him out i don't know how like i'm assuming that like this chair is not just like in a, like a hallway that goes to the exit you know what i mean like a straight shot I'm yeah like, it's like winding and he's like clunks down some stairs and he's like launching through the asylum he like kind of knocks over <laughs> this whole scene i'm just like no <laughs> we just read a book about dragons and i know flying. <laughs> i think you're like this is preposterous <laughs> i think that's what i told Aaron or i told somebody this how like I can read a book about, like, fantasy, and there's, like, fairies and whatever, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) But, like, I can't let go of the fact that this would just never happen in the real world. Like, it just, it was too much for me. (laughs) Chandler draws the line. (laughs) That's where I draw the line. But, yeah, so he, like, launches out of the asylum, tied to a chair. Yep. And he, like, flies out. Um, Once he is out of the asylum... They unhook this poor man Mm -hmm. (laughs) and take him and throw him in the back. And then this also, now that you mentioned it about Tim, this is another thing that makes no sense. So they're driving off to get away and Tim is not in the car. Nope. Tim is like just running alongside and somehow Carrie opens the door and is like, Timbo! (laughs) Timbo. And Tim just, like, magically is able to, like, jump into the car. Would never happen. Would never. Would never. Especially with Tim, who's a mischievous, non-listening dog. He likes his squeaky penguin. That's all he wants. As soon as he got that, you know his ass would just be sitting in the asylum squeaking his penguin. He's not going to be chasing a car down the road. He's not. (sighs) So, anyways. Poor characterization for Tim. Yeah. Brilliant. I need more consistency in my fictional dogs. Bullshit. (laughs) Um, So they all get into the car. And um, I loved, um, there's like a a writing style that Cantero uses all throughout this bit that it switches from screenplay writing. Mm -hmm. So like Andy and then what she says. um, And then he switches back to normal narration style. Mm -hmm. And it's, a switch that he does to show um, 
the screenplay is comedy. So he's showing it's like really funny, Mm -hmm. quick um, quips. And then when he goes back to the normal narration, it's a switch into more somber, serious, like into more description of like what's going on and like Mm -hmm. how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And I really love that because he does it a lot. And there's like another one where he's like, um, someone says something and then it's like Andy read, like Andy read the sentence above and goes, what? (laughs) And so he uses it as this like comedy. Yeah like mechanism and i think it's fantastic so the writing in this book is pretty it can be jarring at times but i think it's pretty fun and he uses it all throughout this scene um this switch between um screenplay and normal narration Mm -hmm. um especially when they're talking and nate is very clearly like the comedic relief yeah in this um and so you know they all get together they're in the car and they kind of like start this this road trip um to Oregon to go to Sleepy Lake. And, you know, Nate and Ghost Pete are frequently talking to, to, to each other. And I just seriously love Nate and Ghost Pete's relationship. Me too. Ghost Pete and Nate are probably my favorite <laughs> two yeah. people in here. And at one point, they're kind of like talking about um, Pete and how he was like... Um, always so happy and like outgoing and the like leader and they're kind of like well how are we gonna like lead and do this without pete and i just kind of noted like the people who hide it the best are usually like in the most pain oh yeah that like yeah you know if pete was the leader in this and he's the one who died like he probably has a lot of like exponential trauma right and that i just liked how it was kind of this highlight of like pete's kind of like yeah i Ghost Pete's like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing well. Well, right. Like, I just hit it really well. Yep. Cause I didn't want anybody to ask. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's such a good point. Cause I feel like so often, like people who hide it the best and seem the most put together fine mm-hmm. are usually the ones that are struggling the most. True. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're on this road trip and they kind of, you know, it feels very quickly and I don't know where they were to begin with, like how fast they travel or like how the distance. I can't remember where they picked up um, Nate. Yeah. But within like moments, <laughs> it feels <laughs> like they are finally in Oregon. Yeah. And there's not really much going on in the road trip besides like, clearly we've got some trauma and there's like, yeah, there's, there's, they kind of, talk about how each of them maybe not each of them but how andy went to jail for throwing a congressman's son through a congressman's car oh yeah and uh she escaped jail early so that's (laughs) That's why she can't fly that's right because carrie's like why don't we just fly and she's like yeah no i can't can't. (laughs) yeah so we get to learn about that and then and then Nate's giving Carrie shit because he was he's like, well, Carrie, you were also in jail. Like she had uh, she was drunk driving a concrete mixer through a mall. <laughs> Do you not remember that part? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it was really tiny. It was really tiny. Uh, and so we, we get like some background about that. But and let me know if I'm skipping ahead. I'm not really sure where we are in this. But we eventually we learn that Carrie's Carrie and nate's aunt Margot left carrie the keys to their summer house in blighton hill 
Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, so I don't think we even touched on this, how um, the kids would all used to do summers together at Aunt Margot and I think Uncle Emmett's house in Blighton Hills. Which is near Sleepy Lake. Yeah. And so that's kind of how this friend group would uh, spend their time together. It was every summer. Yeah. So so Carrie has the keys. Um, apparently, Aunt Margaret like, couldn't sell the house and thought that the kids might still want to use it. And uh-huh. so Nate's, like, kind of a little bit bitter about it, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they go into talking about how Peter intentionally killed himself and that it, like, wasn't an accidental overdose. Mm-hmm. And Carrie's like, wait, what? And through their their conversation we learned that carrie had spoken to peter two days before he died and she was like at some college party or something and she like couldn't hear what he was saying on the phone so she said hey you know call me or i'll call you later she forgot to call him back and then he and then he overdosed yeah and so there's kind of like this allusion to he really needed her in that moment or Uh he was like in love with her because uh, earlier in the book, it said that how he had such a the hots for her or whatever. Yeah. And he, um, yeah, he just committed suicide. So that was um, that was part of the conversation they had in, yeah. in their their drive, their road trip. Um, so eventually they check into a motel and we get little like bits and pieces of other mysteries in Blighton Hills or the surrounding area. Mm-hmm. So there was some instance with sheep dying in the area. And, you know, they're talking about, well, possibly from water poisoning, but they're not really yeah. sure. Um, and Carrie and Andy are, are chatting and Nate is in a different room and he's now again, hallucinating Peter or, or is being visited by ghost Peter. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he's he's arguing with Peter about whether or not he's a figment of his own imagination, which I thought was a really funny scene. Yes. Yeah. That's I think that's where that n- note that I have, like, Nate and Ghost Pete, it's like, relationship is great. Because, like, he's like, you're just a figment of my imagination. And, like, you know everything I know. Yeah. It's like, you only know this because I, I know, know it. So yeah. it's not like you're not special, like, telling me you're real because you know this. Like, of course you do because I know it. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And then... What is the page 80? I have... Because it was really funny what they were saying to each other. Um, um, So Pete is like, I'm telling you, Nate, this smells like something I'm pretty familiar with. And Nate sleepily goes, embalming fluid? Pause. Peter, that was fucking rude, Nate. (laughs) I was like, God, I fucking love this. It's so good. It's so, so cute. Um, Yeah, so then they... um, they kind of get into Oregon and uh, they end up there. And my, I just, I really have to to say that because it was just fantastic. And it goes on page 81 when they finally get into Oregon. Um, the sun had forsaken them after all. And I was like, bitch, Oregon. I know. I, Oregon. I know. I saw it and I was like, well, damn, just, you know, roast us right away, I guess. It's like Oregon in the winter. It's like literally everyone here is just like the sun has forsaken me. <laughs> <laughs> like we have angered the sun god it has left us but i just i sorry i just ha- i i loved that bit so much that i had to get there so quick because like they got to oregon and <laughs> yeah no that was really funny okay um so they pull up in blighton hills and 
like they're kind of like because it says like Carrie pulls onto Main Street, mm-hmm. um, and they end up me- meeting with, um, so they kind of, you know, get to the um, house and they end up meeting like the cop that they worked with, or like one of the cops. Was this? I can't remember his name. Was this at? This is at the cafe, right? They go to some cafe called Ben's Corner, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have that they ran into Joey Krantz. Yeah, they ran into like Joey Krantz. And I can't remember who they were talking to. But at one point they were, you know, they talk with him and they're kind of surprised that he's there. And he's like, oh, I remember like you guys always being so like happy and smiling. And they were kind of like, oh, we don't like really mm-hmm. like remember that we remember being kind of like afraid um and he was like oh i don't remember that um but i had a note that i've have thought is pretty great throughout this whole book for this book being set in the 90s there's a lot of really great gender pronoun recognition for andy that like the guy mm-hmm. asks her like you liked being called andy right and she's like i i do um and i just kind of thought that was great that they like keep recognizing that like andy does is like does not really identify as like being a woman a super feminine yeah Yeah. that it Mm -hmm. seems like they kind of like being like they would probably be their pronouns and just like i think it's pretty great that there's a lot of characters in here that like recognize like yeah that that's what they want carrie even at one point was she mentioned to andy she goes oh i'm you know i'm a little surprised that at this point you're not a boy. She's like, I always thought that maybe you you would do that because mm-hmm. um, you always wanted to be one of the boys. Yeah. Um, you liked, you you wanted to be called the boys or wh- whatever it was. So yeah, I think you're right. That was, it was really refreshing to have that written um, into this book. Yeah. So they're, um, you know, they're at Ben's Corner and they kind of, you know, meet up with some people that um, are from the past that they remember being there. Um, and then they're pretty much like, well, it looks like we gotta, we gotta go to the lake. We gotta go to DeBone's mansion. Yeah. Well, they, so this is like the first time that they really talk about kind of what happened mm-hmm. and what they saw, um, like, they didn't talk about any of it in the car, in the road trip. No. Like, it was, it, I found that kind of weird that they weren't like, let's talk about what we're going to do when we get there. They're just like, no, we're just going to avoid talking yeah. about it until we get there. And they're talking about how um, they think they saw Wickley, uh, Thomas Wickley, who was uh, dressed up as a creature in the forest. But then they saw, like, a fucked up deer and... Other creatures I saw that didn't have eyes, so they're, mm-hmm. like, kind of regaling all these weird things that they haven't really talked about yeah. and seem to be kind of avoiding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then they ran into Joey Krantz, uh, and he tells them where they can find Captain Al, or he calls him Crazy Al. Yeah, okay, Captain Al was the guy who's like, you like being called uh, yes. Andy, right? Okay. Yes. Yes. So that's when they, um, they go find Captain Al at a junkyard. Uh, he's like really excited to see them and they're like sad that they have to tell him that Peter is dead uh-huh. and they kind of, they, li- they lie to him. They don't tell him that it was an overdose. They told him it was, I think a car crash uh-huh. and 
you know, I think it's Carrie's asking him, you know, what happened to you? Because he's kind of in this like dumpy old place. And Captain, I think just call him Cap, says he lost everything, his house and the money he put into the sheep at the co-op. And then we learn about some sketchy sounding corporation from California. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, they, the abbreviation is RH. Um, and they own some chemical plants and the gold mines. Uh, and they talk about the, the weird things that they were finding, like deer that were slaughtered and torn open and mutilated. And Cap saying that, you know, it's starting to happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, and other animals have been found dead. And so they're, they're kind of like suspicious of this corporation from California uh, carries the, the scientist, so she's saying, well, maybe it's a toxic gas leak from the the mine vents over there. Uh, and then we get we go into a little bit of the history of why RH owns the place, and it's because they had bought it from the DeBones. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Yeah, they just, and they kind of, at this point, they start describing, like, I feel like this is the point where they describe the DeBones. Yep. Like, who they were. And it was kind of, like, in the 1800s, this DeBone came in, and he basically, like, uh, had this gold mine and, like, made a bunch of fucking money mm-hmm. off of it. And then, at some point, he just kind of, like, leaves? Yeah. He just later days. Yeah, he's like, peace. And then his son comes back quote, like air quotes his air quotes son. his son comes back who looks exactly like him mm-hmm. and comes back and you know kind of owns a bunch like has the gold mine but kind of owns a bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. um but um i can't remember what happens to debone like at the end he like there's like a fire or something to the house yeah and it like kind of burns down and like that's kind of like the the end of the DeBones in town and they kind of just like leave the mansion alone. They like, they didn't like them. It was very spooky. The town was like, yeah, we're not for them. They weren't super great. And they kind of just leave the mansion alone, which is like on this island in the middle of Sleepy Lake. Right. That's where the whole like crime had happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Nate is very much into the lore around the DeBones and how Mm -hmm. it's like really weird that the original Debone, the Damien, uh, like never aged and like, uh-huh. like you know, kind of uh, makes him seem like a magical person or or something weird is happening. And then his son comes back and looks exactly like him, and that's so weird, you know. So he's like kind of on this superstitious rant, and yeah, he's and carries you know way more into the the science and talking about well the mine vents are you know must have a toxic leak and that's why all the animals are dead and it's not some superstitious like weird stuff that's happening uh-huh. around the surrounding the bones yeah um so where are we they get they get a boat from al right to cross oh uh oh okay before that Sorry, I'm reading my notes. Okay, so after they're done visiting um, Capnow, mm-hmm. they get back to their car and they find an envelope with the letters BSDC mm-hmm. written on the outside and a paper on the inside that says, stop procrastinating, go to the lake. Oh, yeah. So, and it's just a mystery. They have no idea where this would have come from, who wrote it. They don't know what BSDC stands for. Mm-hmm. 
And so then they decide uh, that they're going to go camp out at the lake. Uh, and I don't think they borrow a boat. They just, this is another thing that annoyed me. They just like notice a boat at the dock and they're that's just right. like, well, that's going to be ours. <laughs> that's right. They- I was just like, you, you guys are full grown adults. What are you out here stealing boats for? Like, what? Like you already just like. Well, Basic- most of them have been in jail. True, true. These are not like. They're not above stealing boats. Yeah. But I was just like, what? didn't make any sense to me that they would just steal anyways whatever um oh yeah i so i, I wrote down they end up going and then in person so they steal a boat question mark um <laughs> uh and they get to shore at the mm-hmm. where the debone mansion is on this aisle and they immediately see shoe prints that are leading away from the water uh-huh. and so that's super suspicious yeah um the house is locked and was it what was the deal with the sulfur i think it just kind of like smells does it smell or was it sulfur okay i didn't know if it was a smell or if i couldn't remember what it was anyway so carrie being the little scientist lady she is she's like that's sulfur it's a gardening fungicide and they just follow it Mm -hmm. and they see a symbol painted on a tree stump and nate has seen it before but i don't think he mentions it at this point because he's kind of, like, low-key trying to hide from uh-huh. Carrie some of the, like, superstitious stuff. Yeah, I think he, like, he has that necromicon. Yeah. The necromicon. The, the, I yeah. didn't say it right. <laughs> the necromicon. Yeah. Um, and he, he, it's, like, the same kind of symbol that he had, like, seen before and that him and the crazy dude mm-hmm. were talking about. And he's definitely, like... Um, hiding it but they're kind of like wandering around the mansion and they're kind of noticing some like some spoops some mm-hmm. weird stuff um they see a couple of symbols they do and they're talking about like that upper window like in oh, the mansion uh-huh. so they're like talking about the house and they're like do you remember that and blah 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 blah. and then mm-hmm. there's one part where like carrie finds like a weird tooth oh god it was gross and this made me really mad and she's like i don't like what page is this 112 let me get exactly what she says because it bothered me yeah you can you, um, while you're doing that she like so she puts her hand in the tree where maggots are like there's maggots on this tree and she yes. just throws her hand in there why why would you do that and she pulls out a tooth mm-hmm. not sure what it's from uh and she's like this could be a clue but then she fucking puts it back yeah and she's like um andy's like what does it mean and carrie's like i don't know return the tooth to the nest and tossed it into the tree hole and um you're putting it back why not it's a clue and then carrie goes i don't want to carry a tooth around i have no way of telling where it comes from if we happen to need it again we know where we left it and i literally wrote yeah pretty sure you can tell where that teeth tooth comes from there's a fuck ton you can tell from teeth and especially like literally the species that they come from yeah like that is like teeth are extremely indicative it's like like, before we had like dna uh uh, like technology or whatever that's how we did lots of things and we still do yeah it's like by teeth yeah and you can easily tell like what they're from like that's a whole thing for like biology and like osteology is like looking at teeth and like being able to go like you can at least tell if it's a carnivore or an omnivore or like an herbivore like yeah but the fact that she's like you can't tell where it's from i was like you're a shitty ass biologist exactly (laughs) exactly like it's no wonder you didn't become a biologist you can talk about sulfur which is chemistry but you can't like 
you don't know where a tooth came from yeah she's she's got a little backwards and this is like another one of those things where i'm like this guy clearly like likes anthropology osteology but like doesn't put in enough effort to like yeah go that extra mile to get it right yeah he's just like teeth are cool but she wouldn't know what it is always slightly wrong staying slightly wrong it's like in um adventure time where there's that like monster that has approximate knowledge of many things oh i don't watch adventure time he's like hello frank the human boy and he's like how did you almost know my name (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's edgar cantero's like how did you almost Almost. know the fact (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) um and then they spend at least in my opinion a stupidly small amount of time on that island. Exactly. Exactly. They just went around. They're like, hmm, that's, this is a weird place. And yeah. Like, yeah. And then they obviously. go. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and Nate is telling Andy about the this book that we can't pronounce. Um, Comic-Con? Exactly. That one. And he's telling her it's like a book of spells and witchcraft. And it was written like a thousand years ago. Oh, it's like a grimoire. It's like yeah. a... Oh, mm-hmm. And he's like, well, most copies were burned, but he had seen a copy in the attic. But he's telling Andy, well, don't tell Carrie because she isn't ready to accept that something supernatural is going on. Mm-hmm. So they're like totally hiding all this stuff from Carrie because... <laughs> First of all, Carrie won't believe it. Second of all, she doesn't know what a teeth what a tooth is, so, <laughs> so she wouldn't understand it anyway. <laughs> and then they and then they're like, "Well, I guess we better go back." Yeah. So then they leave. They just get back in their stolen boat and row across the lake. Mm-hmm. They set up camp in the dark. I'm pretty sure amateurs. And then they, <laughs> you fools! You should have put your tent up before you got in that stolen boat. They're obviously not part of camp crew. <laughs> They are not a part of Camp Crew. T and I camp a lot, so and it's a camp crew, and we're, we're gonna camp get crew. tattoos. Just, just deal It'll with it. It'll happen one day. Just one deal day. with it. <laughs> um, so they set up camp, um, and uh, they are like, "Cool, camp. Let's just kind of go to bed now." Mm-hmm. And then as they go to bed, they like wake up in the middle of the night and there's like some spooky sounds, mm-hmm. and they get out of the tent, which never get out of the goddamn tent. Mm-mm. See, one, never get out of the tent. Two, never trust a spooky mist because they get out of the tent and there's a spooky mist. And Tim is out there barking his head off and growling. Yeah. So you know some shit's up. Tim is mad that there's some some spooks out there. And then we get these like creepy ass monsters that come out. He described the breathing and the wheezing and the rasping and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And they're like gray and like... Mm -hmm like very long limbed and creepy and they remind me of the the demogorgon from oh. stranger things oh, okay. that's like exactly what i was picturing yeah it's just a creepy demogorgon he did a really good job of describing them like they were actually like terrifying they were he did such a good job like when he starts describing the monsters or like the actual like spoop stuff yeah it's so good he's good at that because i i have a hard time reading anything that's like horror and actually being scared i'm like this is dumb but Mm -hmm. he that was like actually scary and really creepy yeah like oh this is so good like although familiar could hardly refer to something so alien it resembled breathing but it was distorted tortured broken it had qualities that should not be associated with breathing it was vicious and jagged and swarming yeah literally giving me like shivers so like you know Carrie, again, is trying to get Tim to come, but Tim doesn't come because Tim has horrible recall, (laughs) as we have discussed. Um, And, like, 
Carrie is freaking the fuck out. She's like, this is a dream. And Andy's like, you dumb bitch. It's not a dream. It's not a dream. Um, And then Nate gets the shotgun that they have in the car. Before that, Andy grabs a frying pan and just whacks it with a frying pan. Hell yeah. And like, I think knocks some of its teeth out. But then you're right. Well, Nate just like left the tent previous to this happening. Like he, like when Andy woke up, he was already gone. That's right. That's right. They look for him and he's, Nate's already like. Yeah. And apparently he had gone to the car for his meds or something and then grabbed the gun while he was there. I guess he had heard, heard something. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and then ends up shooting this creature in yeah. the head. And it blows like, so, um, and then its head exploded, black matter and pieces of cartilage splashed on Andy's sweater and face. Well, it's like, it's kind of gross on the inside. And then I love this because I was like, where the fuck did they get the gun? And Andy actually asked, like, where the fuck did you get that gun from? And he's like, it's Uncle Emmett's. I put it in the trunk. You're like, okay. I just went to the car for my pills. And it's like, what the fuck? You couldn't have told us that you put a gun in the trunk, dude? I know. And he's, I just oh love gosh. how I was like, where'd they get the gun from? And then Andy's like, where the fuck did you get the gun from? <laughs> um, and so uh, they're like, holy crap, holy crap. Um, they're shooketh. They're super shooketh. And then she's like, um, Andy looked up the adrenaline she failed to use bleeding through her eyes. So good. Such Ooh. great description. Yeah. Um, this is a thing that has almost driven us mad for 13 years. God help me if I'm not putting it on the Pennaquick Telegraph front page. Mm-hmm. And I was like, such a good ending. Like that yeah. ending was so heart pounding. It was so fast, well described, creepy. It was a really good cutoff point for us. Like yes. magically we picked, or you picked the best point for us to like cliffhanger it. It felt so good. Yeah. I was like, all right. Okay. Okay. I'm interested. What comes next? I, I just, I loved that ending. It was such a good one. Yeah. Very yeah. well done. The first, it was like the first, um, uh, like spooky monster that we've come across uh-huh. in this in this world. So we're like, because I feel like at the beginning it was like unclear whether like there's some like someone's playing a prank or mm-hmm. someone's just being fucking weird and creepy or there's a cult or something weird's happening. And now we can actually say, oh, there's some supernatural stuff. Yeah, which is we've exciting. got creepy monsters. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned that like when Andy hit it with a frying pan, mm-hmm. I didn't pick up on this until right now, and its teeth flew out. Is that the tooth? <gasps> that Carrie found because if that's the case then yes you would be able to be like I have no idea where this is from like well, it's a weird ass fucking tooth but you could I, at least be like I have never seen a tooth like this before right. but is that the kind of tooth that was in the trees I that like know. spooky demigorgon like I would I feel like if it was they would have described it as being like sharp and pointy because I feel like these creatures had sharp pointy teeth but I, I don't know that's a good point though this is true or can we just not trust Carrie because she's a dumb bitch and she just doesn't know any biology. <laughs> She's not a good biologist. She never became one. <laughs> um, as another point, I I would just this is something that I notice a lot. Like Andy mentions a lot throughout this like whole first bit that she she notices things getting like the smallification of stuff. That yes. she remembers things being so much bigger, bigger. Yep. as a child. And then now as an adult, they're so much smaller. And one, I loved the imagery of that. Because mm-hmm. it's so true that as a kid, things seem so much bigger. And then if you go back as an adult, you're like, wow, this is not how I remember it at mm-hmm. all. But then I was wondering, it was like kind of the same thing with like Carrie's hair. Like it is referred to so much mm-hmm. that I was like, I wonder kind of like if that's going to come into play down the line. I kind of hope it does because it seems like she's like real obsessed with her hair. Yeah. So. And that like the smallification, like is that like mm. is things like 
like is the monster. Like she thought it was going to be like, oh, I thought it was going to get smaller now that I'm an adult, but uh-huh. it's like fucking massive. I don't, so I don't know. But I was like that, I found that really interesting. And I do really love the metaphors because this is a metaphor heavy yeah. book that I liked a lot of them. But after a while, I, I did start to get a bit exhausted mm-hmm. with it. I was like, just say that, just say it. Mm-hmm. Just say it and move on. <laughs> say it and move on, please. Yeah, I... I found the first, I was very conflicted on the first part of this book. Like, so mm-hmm. at some point I'd be like, well, I'm kind of bored. Like, what are we even doing here? And uh-huh. then I'd be like, oh my God, this is really like spooky and interesting. Like anytime they mention any of the like weird uh, mutilated animals or wh- the spooky symbols, I get really interested and I'm uh-huh. like really into it. But when we're not talking about that, I'm like, Neh. so I'm like, not sure how I'm going to feel about the rest of the book. I am glad you said that because that's kind of how I've been feeling too. That like there's parts that I'm like, wow, this is fucking great. Mm -hmm. And then there's others like, yeah, where I'm bored. And the writing doesn't really lend itself to moments of like, um, like kind of just normal moments. Yeah. It makes it, the writing style makes those somehow more boring. Exactly. Which Mm -hmm. is, it's it's too bad, but. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I, I would agree with you on that, but. Yeah, so do we have any other additional thoughts or questions or predictions besides the ones that we've already kind of hit on? I'm not sure if you're feeling this way, but I kept trying to think, like, what are my thoughts and predictions? And I was like, I almost have, like, nothing. Oh, I literally, yeah. Right now. Mm -hmm. Like, it felt like, and I don't know if that was his goal, but I kind of feel like just vaguely floaty and kind of, like, confused. And I'm, like, kind of just... Like, with the people just kind of slowly being like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I I found myself in that circumstance as well. I The only thing I really have in here is I was like, they're probably going to solve this case. And, like, someone will ho- probably end up healing some past trauma or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe not everybody, but it's, it's I would just assume that something is going to get solved in this book. Yeah. That's kind of where we're heading. So not a huge prediction, not a mind-blowing prediction, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I'm I'm right with you there. I also my only other prediction is I think Ghost Pete, we're gonna find out that Ghost Pete is Ghost Pete. I agree. And I, that Ghost Pete is gonna like have a big moment where he like helps them or saves them from some predicament. Totally. That they're gonna be like, What? Ghost Pete? And they just be like, I had Ghost Pete this whole time. You can see <laughs> And they're them. not like actually hallucinations. Yeah. 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 I could see that happening for sure. But other than, yeah, I'm glad that you felt the same way that I was like trying to think on the way over here and last Mm -mm. night that I was like, I really don't. I don't have anything. I barely have any, like, this sounds so stupid. I barely have any thoughts. I barely (laughs) have any predictions. I'm like, just kind of sitting here being like, what is going on? Yeah. Have you, have you read past uh, that end point yet? Or have you? No. Have you? Nope. Okay. So this week. Yeah. This week. Yeah, last week was the the fight. The heavy to, lifting, yeah. Yeah, the heavy lifting. And then I was trying to get through that other book I was reading mm-hmm. and <laughs> struggling. Oh, is it which one? The Black Knight? Or? Uh, everything Under. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I finished it last night, though. But yeah, I haven't read past it, so I, I've got... Gonna start? Yeah, this All week. Right. I'm excited. I'm excited. All right, what should we do? Fuck yeahs and fuck yous? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, let's do it. All right, you want to go fur, 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 fur first? Fur first? With my, my, my f- 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 fuck you? Yeah, I don't know why. Um, So my f- 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 fuck you is a big, hefty, chonkin' hit fuck you to the movie men. 
Oh, yeah. Aaron also hated that movie. God, that movie is truly the worst movie I have <laughs> ever seen. Ooh. As our friend Marissa put it, it was a man who did a movie about how shitty men was trying to be like, look, I'm a guy who know, like, am I right, ladies? And as oh. Marissa said, stay in your fucking lane. Mm. Like, we don't need a man to make a movie about how shitty men are in which the main focus of the movie was the men and not the woman who's, like, having... Like, even though she's the main character with, like, the camera up in her fucking face, yeah. it was all about the dudes. Hmm. I don't know. It was just horrific. It was so That's too dumb. bad, because I know that you guys... Uh, I didn't go see this movie, uh, but I know that you guys were, like, really excited. I was stoked to see this movie. Yeah. Because I thought it was going to be more... Like, it was this, but I thought it was going to be more of, like, a better understanding of, like, the different ways that men, like, toxic masculinity, mm -hmm. like, each man would represent, and I guess they kind of sort of did, but, like, how each man would represent a different, like, they did, like, a different way that men suck mm -hmm. or can suck. Um, and it was that, but everything was so heavy-handed. Mm -hmm. It was, like, if you're going to have this many heavy-handed metaphors, like Aaron was saying, like, at least say something. But then at the end, it was like, cool, you didn't say anything. And the ending culminated in the men giving birth to each other over and over and over. It, that's, no, that's just disturbing imagery. It was like a man who gave vaginal birth. And then there was a man who gave vaginal birth. And then it was what? a man who gave vaginal birth, but out of his back. What? And then the last man gave vaginal birth out of his head. Ugh. And it was like, what the fuck is happening? I literally Weird. left that movie so mad. And then I hate read like... A bunch of like reviews yeah and none of them i felt were scathing enough <laughs> You're, this is not mean enough it's like you guys need to be tearing this apart okay. but yeah so a big fat fuck you to the movie men so don't go see that movie don't do not give that money that not don't money wait. your movie do not give that movie your money <laughs> don't waste your time yeah avoid it hmm. okay yeah i'm glad i didn't go it's bad and i hate it <laughs> i'm sorry to hear that it's okay. It's all right. What's your fuck you? Mm, my fuck you is <laughs> to phones, which is a weird thing. Okay. But I feel like I'm noticing it more at the end of this school year. And I don't really like to pick fights with my students about mm -hmm. phones. I'm like usually pretty lax about it. But I, I've become a boomer recently. Yeah. And like we're all losing motivation. It's the end of the school year. I get it. But these kids are like just zombies on their phones and they are so addicted to them. Oh, geez. It's so bad. Like they can't. And I work with ninth graders, but they cannot not have their phone like near them on them looking at it like wow yeah it's really bad and i don't like to be the person that's nagging them and i try not to but it's like gotten way worse at the end of this year and like even i can tell that i'm not in a great place mentally if i'm on my phone a mm -hmm. lot yeah it's just kind of like a what do you call that like a um not a defense mechanism but a like a it's like an overstimulation way of like just erasing your brain like you're trying not to like focus on stuff so you're looking at your phone but it's right. like overstimulating and not actually giving you rest yeah i can't think of the word you're thinking of yeah it's anyways it's just it, it's been rough lately and i've been and i have been kind of nagging my kids about it and they get so mad 
and you can I could just tell that it's such an addiction for them and I just I feel bad I feel bad so yeah. big fuck you to phones and especially social media companies who like target kids to like stare at their phones for longer yeah absolutely so anyways um I'm sorry that sucks that's okay I have a fuck yeah that ties into that so okay. it'll get better um what's your fuck yeah so my fuck yeah is um I kind of have two fuck yeahs um okay. one's kind of more serious ish and the other is like really just silly okay um so my first fuck yeah is fuck yeah to um the conquer app um it is basically a like a marathon running type thing or exercise type thing um but my sister reached out to me the other day and she was like my sister lives in texas and she was like i found this conquer app that you basically do the Lord of the Rings. So from the Shire, <gasps> delivering the ring to Mordor, <gasps> and you go the whole distance that they do what? on this trek. And when you finish each bit, they uh-huh. send you a medal. What? Like you completed a marathon or something. <gasps> That's so cool. And so Brianna contacted me and she's like, hey, I signed up for the first bit. It's 145 miles. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and I I want to do this because I want to be healthier and I want to you know exercise more. And she's like, but my mom's not going to do it. Um, cause my mom, like Brianna wants to do it in the time frame that it actually took like them mm, to do it. And mm-hmm. she's like, mom would do it with me, but she's like, mom would want to take like way too long. Right. Um, and she's like, and I want to do it like Frodo and Sam. Yeah. And um, she was like, and I kind of don't want to do it by myself. I'm kind of scared about, you know, self-motivation. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, do you want to do it with me? And I thought it was so sweet. Cause I was like, I don't get to see her very often. Mm-hmm. And this, the fact that this app is like this and that like, I can do it with my sister yeah. and we send pictures back and forth. Like yesterday I ran four miles and I was like, look, I'm four miles into my journey. Aww. And it like shows you on the map. That's so cool. It's so cool. And so I'm, I, fuck yeah to that app and allowing me to do this with my sister yeah. and like also be healthier and like do like I'm finding a love of exercise but it gives me a way to like do it more in a more fun way totally and, with my sister. and there's there we go there's a perk to phones yeah there you a, go there can be great perks. absolutely absolutely there is but yeah so a big fuck yeah to the conquer app for allowing me and my sister to go on our ring journey <laughs> and then um a giant fuck yeah to um Harry Styles's new album, Harry's House. That <laughs> album is amazing, and it's like all I listen to right now. Nice, and it's just, it's so good, and he is so good, and I just, yeah, I just love it. It's such a good album, good songs. My coworker was the one who told me listen to it. He was like, I just want to stop this meeting so I can listen to Harry's House. And I was like, What the fuck is Harry's House? And he's like, oh, It's Harry Styles' new album. Get on it. And I was like, Okay. I, I feel like this crosses generations too because all my students are talking about it as well. They love it's it. Phenomenal. Mm. It's a fantastic album. So yeah, fuck yeah, Harry Styles. Hell yeah, Harry Styles. Um, okay, my fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was being a total butt to one of my classes. <laughs> and we were having we were we were gonna have this like fun Friday um, class and uh oh we did we did have a fun okay Friday. <laughs> I was like uh, did you take it away <laughs> no but I did take away their phones I said we're gonna have a fun Friday um, but the catch here is you're not allowed to have your phone and so I made them all put their phones in phone jail which is like a little bin that I have Ooh, phone jail yeah and so you know, I said you can literally do you know within reason anything that you want like i had uno for them i had playing cards i had like tic-tac-toe i was like you can draw on the board like i'm like i don't care what you want to do you pick your own adventure you just cannot be on your phone this period and you will survive one period without your phone and so 
Um, they did. They uh-huh. all gave me their phones. And nice. We had a blast. Like <gasps> that's so awesome. That was the most laughing I have ever heard out of this class. Like it was so fun, and they were so engaged with each other, and they were just being goofy, like what you would want like kids to be doing. Like yeah. you know, like some shenanigans. I'd be like, stop doing that, or like you know. Yeah, but like, obviously. but like, I was so happy for them that they like could connect with each other and not worry or be entrenched in their phones during the period. And I, I did get some grumbles, like rah, 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 or like, can I check my phone? I'm like, no, dude. One one period. period one period you can do it you know and if there was you know a student who was waiting for their mom to whatever and, I, and you know i let that happen because i'm not gonna like not let the parents contact their kids but um it was just really refreshing and yeah. i got to teach them how to play a card game uh, to some of my students and we had a great time anyway so it was a fantastic time and that's so awesome yeah <laughs> i was hoping that they like got something out of it and yeah can like realize that they don't need to have their phone in front of them like 24 7 so yeah, it was good. Yeah, it, was good it would be really interesting to like ask them like this week, like just their thoughts on it. Like, how did you guys feel? Yeah, and I'm sure. Class? Yeah, and I'm sure some of some of them definitely probably felt like stress and anxiety over not being able to have it. But like, I don't know. Like, I had a good time. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see what they think and like to kind of talk about like, you know, I also feel like I need to have my phone on me all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. But like, just keep in mind that like sometimes that's not what your brain needs yeah and you can connect with people who are with you like here and now as opposed to like feeling like you have to keep up with your social media all the time that's so awesome yeah it was cool i love it oh thanks yay (laughs) yay um yeah woohoo that was a good fuck yeah to end on Uh, thank you um so for next week we are reading pages 123 through um 224 so up to part four panic Mm -hmm. Um, so make sure we have, get those chapters read. Yep. Um, also make sure to follow us on Spotify and rate us. And we're also on Apple Podcasts. Yay. So subscribe and rate and review. That would be really helpful to us. I know everybody says that, but that would be great. If you we would really appreciate it. If you subscribed and said like, hey, this is a pretty cool podcast. <laughs> These two ladies are pretty neat. I don't know. You know, whatever you want to say. Um, but Yeah. So pages 123 through 224. Yep. Uh, Don't forget your bookmark and to lock the shed behind you. Bye.